can you have the relationship that you have always hoped for? You can become closer and more connected to your partner with these real-world relationship-building ideas. Welcome to Coupled Up with your hosts, Karen Collins Achetti and Max Achetti. If you want to be close to your partner, every interaction needs to be with that goal in mind. Now, here is Karen and Max. Welcome to Coupled Up. This is Karen Collins along with... Max Achetti. <laughs> we are excited to share with you our show tonight um, about ways that you can develop the relationship that you have always wanted. We developed this show to encourage couples to be proactive in developing the best relationship possible. Often by the time couples come into my practice to see me, it is after years of discontentment, their issues are intense, and resentment for one another has built up, making it more difficult to return to a better place. More and more couples realize the value of coming in to meet with a couples therapist or relationship coach long before they run into issues. As you and your partner seek out relationship information and guidance, you can navigate your relationship with intent and purpose that can help you become closer and stay close. None of us are born knowing how to navigate a relationship well or how to be a good partner, ourselves included, but we all can learn um, as we go how to become uh, a better partners. For, ask, uh, for, for example, Karen and I work together every day to learn how to be together, meet one another's needs <clears throat> while also meeting our own and how to build the life that we want together. By using all that we have learned about ourselves as individuals and as a partner from previous relationships, we can learn what our wants and needs are within a relationship to be well positioned to develop the relationship that you want. Getting good at relationships happens with experience and desire to become good at it, not by accident. So last week's show, we discussed <clears throat> how to get uh, what you want in a relationship. If you didn't catch that show, it's worth listening um, to for you uh, to identify what you want and how to get there. On tonight's show, we are discussing how depression, anxiety, and other mental health conditions can impact your relationship and what you can do to support one another. I want to first discuss what depression and anxiety look like to help you get an idea of what you may experience yourself or with your partner. Depression and anxiety can impact every aspect of your life, even if you appear to have everything going for you and are able to manage in front of others. If, you, if one or both partners have a history of uh, are current or are currently experiencing mental health conditions such as uh, depression or anxiety, uh, this can impact your relationship. Experiencing depression or anxiety is very difficult and can impact all areas of your life. In the past few years, there have been, has been more acceptance to talk about depression and anxiety, mm-hmm. and it is now common to see and hear it referenced in music and media often with many prominent people sharing their stories. Many people experience depression and anxiety and benefit from support to manage symptoms like any other medical condition. If you are experiencing depression and anxiety, you are the definition of resilient. Think about it. Even though you may be feeling depressed or anxious, you wake up every day and do what you need to do. That is not always easy. Just to give you a little background of what depression looks like, everyone occasionally feels down or sad, but uh, those feelings uh, usually pass within a couple of days when basically the the trigger or the the reason um, 
is solved. But when you have depression, it lasts longer and interferes with your daily life <clears throat> and causes pain for both uh, for both you and uh, and those uh, who uh, care about you. So depression is is a very common and serious illness. People with depressive disorders do not all experience the same symptoms. The severity, frequency, and duration of symptoms vary depending on the individual and his or her particular disorder. Signs and symptoms of depression include persistent sadness, anxiety, or empty feelings, feelings of hopelessness or pessimism, feelings of guilt, decreased self-worth, helplessness, irritability, restlessness, loss of interest in activities, decreased energy, difficulty concentrating, forgetfulness, indecisiveness, insomnia, or excessive sleep. Also, overeating or appetite loss, it could go either way, aches, pains, headaches, digestive problems that don't really respond to treatment, and a feeling of not wanting to be here, Um, potentially thoughts of suicide or suicide attempts. Who is uh, at risk for depression? Well, I mean, it's a major depressive disorder. It's one of the most common mental disorders in the United States. And in, uh, for instance, in 2015, uh, uh, the NIH, the National uh, Institute of Mental Health, uh, reported that 16, about 16 million of Americans experienced a major depressive disorders. Uh, this uh, particular um, disorder seems to impact more women than men. Uh, and the average of uh, the onset is around 30 years old. Um, it's important to know that people can ex- uh, can experience depression um, very early in life, around from 13, 18, 18 year olds. So it's it, it's very it's very it's something that can be very can impact your life. So well, we just want to clarify like um, that 3.3 percent of people with depression are between that age group, 13 and 18 years old, but younger kids can also be depressed as well. Unfortunately, many people with a depressive disorder never seek treatment, but the majority, even those with the most severe depression, can get better with treatment. Medications, psychotherapies, and other methods can effectively treat people with depression. Historically, seeking treatment for a mental health uh, condition has been stigmatized. People may worry about what their loved ones, friends, or even coworkers might think if he knew about the depression. But it is likely that others already are aware that something isn't quite right and most people will be supportive and respectful. As with any illness, it is up to the individual to decide if they will disclose personal health information to family, friends, and coworkers. Nobody needs to know about a person's health care unless the choice is made to share the information with somebody. It is important to keep in mind that nobody is exempt from developing anxiety or depression. Sometimes there is a genetic predisposition, a situational factor, or both for those experiencing depression. That's true. And uh, um, other illnesses, um, let's say not mental illness, but even physical illness may occur along with depression. For instance, uh, in the case of mental uh, other mental issues, um, conditions, anxiety disorders, uh, such as PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorders, obsessive compulsive disorders, panic disorders, social phobia, and generalized anxiety can accompany depression. So PTSD, for instance, uh, can occur after a person experiences a terrific event or deal 
such as a violent assault, a natural disaster, an accident, terrorism or military combat. People experiencing PTSD, for instance, are especially prone to having coexisting depression. Alcohol and other substance, um, substance use may also coexist with depression. Uh, research show that uh, mood disorders and uh, substance use commonly occur together. Depression may also may occur with other serious medical illnesses such as heart disease, stroke, cancer, HIV or AIDS, diabetes, chronic pain, and Parkinson's disease, to name a few. People who have depression along with another mental, medical illness tend to have more severe symptoms of both depression and the medical illness more difficulty adapting to their medical condition, and more medical costs than those who do not have coexisting depression. Treating the depression can also help improve the outcome of treating the co-occurring illness. Once diagnosed, a person with depression can be treated in several ways. The most common treatments are medication and psychotherapy. Now, just to uh, give you a little uh, background or what anxiety anxiety looks like, all of us uh, worry about things like health, money, family problems, but people with an anxiety disorder are extremely worried uh, about things, um, even where uh, there is little or no reason to, to, to be worried about them. They are uh, very anxious about just getting through the day. They think things will always go badly. Uh, at times, worrying a worrying keeps people with anxiety from doing everyday tasks. Who is at risk for anxiety? Generalized anxiety disorders affect about 6.8 million American adults, including twice as many women as men. The disorder develops gradually and can begin at any point, although the years of highest risk are between childhood and middle age. Anxiety can develop slowly. It often starts during the teen years or young adulthood. Symptoms may get better or worse at different times and often are worse during times of stress, which makes sense. Yeah. People with anxiety can seem uh, to get rid of uh, their concerns, uh, even though they usually realize that their anxiety is more intense than the situation warrants. They can't relax, startle easily, and have difficulty, difficulty concentrating. Uh, Often, they have trouble falling asleep or staying asleep. Physical symptoms that often accompany the uh, anxiety, the anxiety include fatigue, headaches, muscle tensions, muscle age, uh, difficulty swallowing, trembling, uh, feeling out of breath, uh, heart flashes, and so on. People with mild anxiety can function socially, maintain a job, and typically don't avoid most situations as a result of their disorder. But people with severe anxiety can have difficulty carrying out the simplest daily activities. So with depression, anxiety, and other mental health conditions, there can be a genetic predisposition, a situational factors, or both. But no one knows for sure why some people have it, why others don't. But uh, neuropsychological, neurobiological, neurobiological research points out that parts of the brain, for instance, are more involved in processing emotional states, and and those brain uh, regions are basically um, the function of those brains are altered in people 
that experience depression and, uh, and anxiety, for instance. Furthermore, research is focused on potential genetic markers connect to depression to create be- better treatments. Uh, in addition, research uh, is also looking f- looking to reveal how stress and environmental factors contribute to um, mental health conditions. Now I want to point out um, that depression and anxiety can impact interactions with your partner. Depression and anxiety can make everything appear worse than it actually is. For instance, instead of a disagreement being easily resolved, it can feel like the relationship is awful and must be going to end. If you reflect on the list of symptoms that I went over, that we went over, each one will impact the quality of the relationship potentially, like sleeping too much, no appetite, being less social, and more easily irritated, to name a few. As you can see, these symptoms would certainly have an impact, like being more easily irritated might increase arguments and promote distance. Not feeling like being social can prevent going out together to connect. Wanting to sleep more will impact the time that you have together. If you or your partner are experiencing the symptoms that we discussed, we encourage you to make an appointment with your primary care physicians for a health evaluation. It's important to rule out anything that could be causing the symptoms from a physical health standpoint. If all has been ruled out, the doctor will decide how to treat your symptoms along with your input. One of the best things that you can do for yourself, your partner, and your relationship is to participate in treatment. The doctor may recommend therapy, medication, or both. Treatment may be short-term or long-term. Preventing additional episodes of depression and anxiety, or at least reducing the severity of symptoms and length of time the symptoms are present, is beneficial to your overall health and for your relationship. And being a supporting partner can can make a big difference to anyone with depression and anxiety and for your relationship. As a partner, offering uh, understanding, compassion, and empathy is absolutely helpful. In addition, uh, validating your partner's feelings offers even more support. Validating your partner's feelings means placing value on what he or she is feeling and expressing by providing support and care to your partner. When your partner is telling you how they feel, you listen without analysis or judgment of the feelings being shared. Even if you would not feel the the same way, simply listen and offer support, not resolution to an issue or even agreeing, just support. Have you ever heard that your wife doesn't want you to solve her problem for her? She just wants you to listen. Well, I would take that one step further and say that she just wants you to listen and express that you hear how she feels, which validates her feelings. Let me give you an example of what I mean. Jay and Kate had difficulty validating each other's feelings. Their attempts to communicate with each other usually followed a predictable pattern of failure. When Kate shared anger, worry, or sadness, Jay tried to help her by offering advice on how to solve or prevent the situation that caused those negative feelings. Whenever Jay gave her solicited advice, she became upset with him. Jay, in turn, felt upset that she didn't appreciate his genuine desire to help with her problem and began to withdraw emotionally. Kate felt his detachment and began to resent and criticize his emotional insensitivity and shared her feelings again, only with reluctance. Fortunately, they broke this negative cycle by learning to validate each other's feelings. Jay began to validate Kate by saying, I can see how upsetting that that was for you. Is there anything that I can do to help you now? 
Jay is not, in that instance, is not trying to solve her problems, but he's letting her know that he hears her, he understands what she is saying, and is there for her. Um, a completely different approach. you have any additional thoughts on that, Max? Well, I mean, support support, and understanding. I mean, providing understanding is, of course, is uh, the best uh, thing that a partner can do. I mean, otherwise, is uh, the relation will, will fall apart. So that's potentially, uh, right? Potentially, yes. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it's it, to me, it's critical. You know, I I never want um, someone to solve my problems. I want to be able to come home to you and say, hey, this is going on. And you know, the other thing too is you know an honest feedback if I ask for it, right? Um, but sometimes we just want to vent. Um, you know, I don't know how many times my friends just come to me and say, hey, I just need to vent. And they're not looking for a solution. They're not asking me to solve their problem. They feel better after venting. And often in that period of time when you're venting, you may come up with your own solution or at least feel better for doing it. Yeah, so. it just I think you have just to take everything out, you know, refresh your mind. And probably you have an insight about your, you know, your issues. Right. And, and we're going to be covering... Um, in our question that a writer or a um, listener wrote in about, I'm going to be covering other ways to um, to go about supporting um, specific uh, direction for how to support and, um, you know, just take care of yourself, your relationship and your partner in doing that. Um, and we'll be, you know, discussing that once we come back from break. Um, but I, I just really wanted to, to make sure that we... Um, in that example, discuss how important it is to validate that you hear one another and that you're there and that you care. Um, and if you need to get more information, if you don't understand or um, which it's almost if you haven't experienced depression or anxiety, you may not understand that makes sense. Um, but getting as much information and support for yourself so that you can better understand um, whether it's your condition or, you know, your partner experiencing it. It's worth to to just uh, to say that um, now we are focusing on depression and anxiety or other um, mental health conditions that can affect one of the partners. But for instance, uh, if the condition affects one of the kids, can be also like autism, can be uh, like challenging for the uh, for a couple. All right. Uh, any any the, ex- you know sorry any. Um, family stress can well is going to affect the entire the dynamic of the family and um it just is a ripple effect right yeah absolutely and actually i was reading that um there is a probably we don't have time now so uh we will be back in a few minutes to to respond to the relationship question that i that i referenced just before the break your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. 
Karen Collins' book, In the Pink, Developing Healthy Relationships, is written for people like you who are searching for that great partner or are already in a relationship. Karen's book will assist you in identifying the relationship that you want and need and help you to develop a plan of action to get you there. You will develop skills to be the best partner that you can be and learn how to write your own love story. Check out In the Pink, Developing Healthy Relationships, available at Amazon.com and through PayPal. Karen Collins Achetti is happy to help you via online therapy. She is licensed for therapy in both Florida and Ohio and can offer relationship coaching in all 50 states. To schedule an appointment, visit ourlovestory.com. If you would like to schedule an in-person session and you're in the South Florida area, Karen is located in Jupiter and can be reached at 561-512-9743. You can also schedule an appointment from your computer or smartphone. Visit ourlovestory.com. That's the letter R, lovestory.com. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to Coupled Up with Karen Collins Achetti and Max Achetti. Would you like to share your story or have a question or comment for the show? Please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to karencollins71 at yahoo.com. You can also visit Karen's website at rlovestory.com. That's letter R, lovestory.com. Now back to Coupled Up. Welcome back to Coupled Up. This is Karen collins Achetti. I'm Max. Uh, just before, before the break, we were discussing how depression, anxiety, and mental health conditions can impact your relationship. Um, I wanted to uh, discuss the question that was sent in from Ben this week. Ben writes, I have been married to Angie for 10 years. We do not have any children together. Angie would like to have children at some point, but neither of us think that that is feasible now. We both work full-time. Angie is an, an accountant, and I'm a financial advisor. Financially, we do fine, and we have a nice life together. When Angie and I were first dating, she told me that she had experienced periods of depression that left her unable to do anything more than go to school and work when she had to. While we dated, Angie didn't have any signs of depression that I recognized. About a year after we were married, I noticed that she wanted to sleep a lot more, go out less, was calling off of work more often than uh, what I thought was average, and she seemed withdrawn from me and the world. This lasted for about three months, and she decided with my encouragement to go see her primary care doctor. Her doctor ruled out medical conditions and referred her to see a psychiatrist who I realize is best educated in medication management for um, depression and, and things like that. She began an antidepressant. The first antidepressant was not helpful, so the doctor or the psychiatrist switched her to another one that did seem to help once it was at um, the right level, the right dose. Now she continues her medication and all the other natural activities like yoga and good diet that historically had been helpful to her. She has depressive episodes less frequent and less severe, but they are still a part of her life and my life. This has been really hard for me to watch her struggle with feeling low. I feel helpless, like there is nothing that I can do for her. I try to be supportive, but I have to admit that I really don't know what feeling depressed is like. Can you give me an idea of some things that I can do to support her and help her and and not feel so um, alone in in being married to to her? 
So my response to Ben, um, you sound very supportive already. The fact that you are seeking additional information um, to better understand Andy's medical condition is great. Like you said, you have not experienced this personally, so it does make it hard to fully understand the gravity of a depressive episode. The more you know about depression, the better you will understand Angie and what she needs. Sometimes, in the moment, there isn't anything that you can do other than be there, be supportive, and offer reassurance. But, in addition, you can be proactive and ask to be involved in Angie's care, including medical appointments, um, her psychiatric appointments, um, to be able to add input at the visit about what you may observe that Angie may not be aware of. Um, sometimes, you know, when people are going through a depressive episode, they're not aware that, you know, they're sleeping more um, or being a little more a- aggravated, agitated, um, or grumpy, even whatever you want to call it. Um, and as uh, her significant other, you have the opportunity to look from the outside in to give that vantage point and that information to the prescribing doctor, which can assist him or her in making um, the right decision based on on that information that they may not get if you weren't there. Um, it's really not uncommon for someone to think that they are doing well, um, but like I said, you as the spouse can observe symptoms that would be beneficial for the doctor to know to be better able to manage her care. In addition to being able to provide additional information, attending the doctor's appointments shows support and care. Just like if you were, you know, if your wife was going through any type of medical condition and you went with her to the doctor's appointments, that is supportive and shows your love and care for her. Um, And you can also um, ask to provide input and therapy from a supportive place if Angie would like you to join for part of the session or have uh, be able to have communication with the therapist that is working with her. You can assist with medication reminders, um, again, from a supportive place. Um, and you can learn to notice signs of when Angie may not be feeling well and offer additional support, encouragement, and take some responsibilities off her plate at, during those times um, when you do notice. Um, it is also important to take good care of yourself as you also um, encourage Angie to do the same. Exercise and eating healthy are great ways to reduce depressive symptoms. Joining together to do these things would be a great way to support one another. One of the things that I like to point out is that everyone who experiences depression, anxiety, or any mental health, other mental health condition is a very resilient person. I know I said this before, but I really, you know, sometimes it's easy to, to think um, otherwise, but I really think that that's important to understand um, that, in my opinion, that is the definition of resiliency, the fact that you know, you're experiencing all these things and you still continue to do um, as much or almost everything that you need to do, um, even though you may not feel well. And I also wanted to encourage you to get as much information as you can, whether it's going to NIMH or NAMI, uh, the National Alliance on Mental Illness um, at www.nami.org. Um, They specifically assist family um, and also anybody experiencing um, the mental health condition um, with support and resources and can just help provide that wraparound support that a family member might need to just get a little more information, get a little more insight and, again, support for themselves. Um, What are your thoughts, Max? Anything you want to add to that? I I was just thinking about uh, what you just what you say in terms of taking care of 
himself like of course he's providing support for a partner uh, she is experiencing depression but we have to uh, to consider the other side of the coin it's true that she needs help but uh, Ben can also ask for help in order to um, you know to help her but also help himself because um, otherwise it will burn out so right it's kind of a I don't want to say caregiver because clearly she's you know doing you know working and maintaining um, most everything you mean it's it's it, it, she's function High pretty well right? yeah I mean like yeah it, it appears so I mean like and if you know to the therapy together with the um, medication um, allow them allow her to to you know to move forward and to basically uh, do what she she usually do right I think, she usually does yeah um, yeah just wanting to point out that uh, the natural things that I somewhat touched on I think Ben mentioned that um, she was doing yoga and things like that um, but you know we've talked a lot about psychotherapy and medication but um, it's really important to consider all of the natural things that can assist too, like eating well, exercise, whatever that may be for you. It may be yoga, it may be running, riding your bike, it may be going on walks, whether that's alone or together, um, being in nature, that could be fishing, having a hobby, um, art, whatever it is that is kind of that escape or getaway, um, can can definitely help recharge um, your battery right. basically well yeah. self care right, yeah. right? Yeah. and of course exercise um, is beneficial beyond the mental health piece of it it's you know it's I always think of um, exercise as you know what I do to stay um, mentally healthy and relaxed and any of the physical benefits is just a bonus so um, it's kind of it depends how you look at it. A lot of people do it for the, just the physical and they don't realize but are grateful when they see the you know, mental health benefit of relaxing and feeling better um, that way too. I mean, now I didn't want to um, cite Latin, my ancestors, but they usually said uh, mensana in corpore sano, meaning that in a health body. Right, healthy so they are healthy together. Body. Yes. Right. Well, you can't separate it. Um, you know, and I think that it's really important to, to realize that. And I think um, if you listen to the first segment, uh, we talked about how um, mental health conditions can make a medical condition worse and medical conditions can affect uh, mental health conditions. So it is very secular. And I thought it was interesting in the research showing that um, the cost of medical um care goes up when somebody has a co-occurring um, mental health condition as well. Um, so that was kind of interesting. Um, and also, you know, just I had mentioned before, trying to prevent and um, to prevent uh, additional episodes and reduce the severity of symptoms and or the duration of symptoms um, so that, you know, life can be as, as pleasant as possible. Yeah, I mean... Just listen to your doctor and see what he, you know, he suggests. And if there is any any um, serious condition, just uh, be smart and 
you know, uh, I think, you know, being smart is also getting as much information as you can. However, make sure it's from a reliable source. Exactly. That is important. Yeah. I mean, and that's why I recommended NAMI and also um, the National Institute for Mental Health. Yeah. um, Or NIH is, it's kind of, and NIMH is under NIH, correct? Yeah. So just, you know, don't just Google and um, get random opinions or random information. Make sure it's from a reliable source. Exactly. I mean, it's, it's a medical condition. So especially because we don't know uh, the cause, if there's there probably genetic predisposition, of course, environmental factors uh, can contribute to um, to the occurrence of the, of, of, uh, of the disorders. But... You have to you have to uh, read and collect information from reliable sources, and NIH is basically the the, the best place where um, to collect those informations. I mean, they are basically uh, monitoring the health uh, condition of Americans, right? So and they provide all the the possible information that are scientifically uh, reliable. Right, what's relevant. Um, I I wanted to say, too, that um, I know we touched on it about the stigma of mental health conditions. And um, I love when I, you know, hear somebody who, you know, people may not realize, like, um, I think Brooke Shields talked about postpartum depression. Um, Cheryl Crow was open about um, having a depression basically her entire life. In fact, she wrote a song, um, I think it's on her Come On, Come On album called The Weather Channel. If you listen to that song and the lyrics, you really get um, a great depiction of what depression feels like. Well, at least um, her idea. Her depression. Or, or, yeah, That's a good point. Expense, yeah. That's a good point, but it's pretty, it's pretty dead on. Um, who else? Robin Williams. Um, I mean, oh, there's yeah. lots oh, of really creative, really, you know, um, very high functioning people who experience many, many types of Successful mental health conditions. conditions. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it, I love that that's, you know, more prevalent to talk about um, because it destigmatizes things. And the more we talk about something, the more. Uh, natural or normalized it becomes and you know like it's you know singers write about it and what did Katy Perry actually use the term bipolar in one of her songs and um, you know as much as I appreciate that it's more talked about I also um, appreciate when it's depicted respectfully and accurately because I think in the past it hasn't always been um, predicted and, and or I'm sorry depicted accurately and um, can make, you know, actually the stigma worse. Um, and whenever we have, you know, some some horrific event happen, you know, people may be quick to say, well, there must have been something going on with that person and blame. But most mental health conditions do not make or cause someone to be violent. Um, you know, it's, that's not typical. So, um <laughs> All right. Um, any other? Do you have any other thoughts? Um, no. I mean, uh, I was just uh, considering the 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 Ben story uh, very 
very interesting. And also, you know, they were talking about having kids. So, um, of course, when you are dealing with um, a mental health condition, it will it will be hard, you know, for the kids perspective, um, being able to um, deal with the responsibility that that you have towards your, you know, your kids, um, especially because they can be affected by a parent that that has a, a mental condition. But again, it's um, it depends on the, the sensitivity of the parents. Right. And again, you know, treatment can definitely um, assist with that, but also keeping in mind that um, there could be the biological component and, you know, taking that into consideration. But I think the bigger thing is the stress of um, having a family and all of the responsibility that comes with that um, if the condition is not not in control. And yeah, so important to consider. And I loved that they said, you know, neither of us think it's feasible right now. So it seems like they are taking that into consideration. Um, But yeah. Yeah. And uh, uh, before um, um, I was just introducing uh, the, you know, that um, if a couple experience, um, a problem like autism, like uh, um, um, her kid, their kid, you know, has a, a, a severe uh, a psychiatric condition, can also be very challenging for a couple. And I was reading an article where basically the um, possibility to divorce increased 80% for couples that experience, uh, that have a, uh, kids with um psychiatric condition or, you know, mental conditions. So, <clears throat> again, it's true when a partner, uh, you know, is affected by uh, disorders, but also can be also challenging for a couple um, to face, uh, a, you know. Additional, a, yeah, yeah, additional problems. Yeah, additional problem, yeah. Additional, yeah. Parenting Especially, is stressful yeah. enough. Oh, yeah. Parenting, uh, you know, on an average you, day you is stressful. <laughs> it definitely is. Well, we would like to thank our listeners for sending in their questions for our response on air. If we didn't answer your question on air, we will answer it via email. Next week, we will be discussing setting goals as a couple. You will see how setting goals together creates a common ground and gives you forward movement as a couple. It's kind of like creating that something to look forward to and working on something together. Um, When we return from our break, we will be chatting about how singles can identify different traits in a potential partner that really, under further investigation, may really be red flags, and recognizing those can be extremely helpful and prevent a lot of heartache down the way. Yeah, you have to be very sensitive. Very careful. I should have been more careful when I uh, was dating you, maybe. Anyways, we'll be back in just a few. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com 
Karen Collins Achetti is happy to help you via online therapy. She is licensed for therapy in both Florida and Ohio and can offer relationship coaching in all 50 states. To schedule an appointment, visit ourlovestory.com. If you would like to schedule an in-person session and you're in the South Florida area, Karen is located in Jupiter and can be reached at 561-512-9743. You can also schedule an appointment from your computer or smartphone. Visit ourlovestory.com. That's the letter R, lovestory.com. Karen Collins' book, In the Pink, Developing Healthy Relationships, is written for people like you who are searching for that great partner or are already in a relationship. Karen's book will assist you in identifying the relationship that you want and need and help you to develop a plan of action to get you there. You will develop skills to be the best partner that you can be and learn how to write your own love story. Check out In the Pink, Developing Healthy Relationships, available at Amazon.com and through PayPal. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Coupled Up with Karen Collins-Achetti and Max Achetti. Would you like to share your story or have a question or comment for the show? Please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to karencollins 71 at yahoo.com. You can also visit Karen's website at rlovestory.com. That's letter R, lovestory.com. Now back to Coupled Up. Welcome back to Coupled Up. This is Karen Collins-Achetti. And Max. The beginning of our show focused on couples in relationships, but we also think it is important to focus on singles who are searching for that great relationship. Tonight, for our single segment, we are going to discuss how you can identify different traits in a potential partner that really may be red flags when you look a little further. Uh-huh. It's a topic that... This is mm-hmm. a fun topic. I like Something this. Something that you find very interesting. I do. So, if there is one area of life to be incredibly selective in, it's who you share your intimate time with. Uh, being able to identify red flags in a potential partner can be a great skill that can save your time, energy, and stress. A lot That's of for stress. Sure. Yes. Definitely a lot of stress. Yes. There are certain traits that initially might appear desirable at the first impression, mm-hmm. but could really be a red flag. And we kind of want to we want to go over those and discuss examples of uh, each category with you. Like like what, for instance, like being protective is but, can be can turn on like to be very possessive or controlling, uh, comforting. It's really it smothering. Yeah. Okay, so. Uh, or assertive can be also, uh, you know, very aggressive, uh, passionate, violent. You know, we are like those are um, um, faces of the same coin. Basically. Well, right. Someone could come off really passionate, but but yeah, but so passionate that it could become if they don't get what they Too want, passionate right? will be kind of to the extreme. Yeah, right? violent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and also, well, that's probably a, a trait that I really like to be direct and even risk to, to be rude, but at least, you know, you are direct and you are 
honest and sincere. Right. But yeah, being direct is one thing, but then being really rude can be harmful. You know, you you may not want to be brutally honest. Right. Okay. So, (laughs) and even be confident. This is another trait that I, I think I like is be confident. But yeah, people can perceive you probably arrogant if you are too confident. Right. Right. So um, I, I like, I want to further explore being protective. So I know as a woman initially dating somebody who um, wants to take care of you a little bit, it depends on, you know, if you, if you find that appealing, um, but you know, just going over and above and doing things for you and, you know, kind of standing up for you and, you know, um, I guess kind of falls into the category of taking care of you, but um, if you place a guardian on you, probably it's too a what? much. A guardian, like a, a bodyguard. A bodyguard, yes. But being too protective, um, maybe something that comes comes like back eventually as being really possessive or controlling over what you do. So um, some of the personality traits um, that we were describing are really dangerous, um, but can seem attractive and flattering at first, like I mentioned. Um, Dating someone who is extremely attentive and always wants to be together can seem wonderful in that initial stage of the relationship, but can be coming from that underlying need to always know where you are and what you are doing. That's not so much fun. Absolutely. I mean, but you are describing also a psychopath because if it turns in this way, I mean, it's, it can be a serial killer. Well, there's so. a spectrum, right? Of course. Okay. Yeah. I mean, just of like course. we said, confidence of, of is I'm over joking. here on the left. Yeah. You know, it's nice to be with someone who's confident, but then there's that line where you cross into arrogant and, you know, um, I can't speak for everybody, but I absolutely like just hate to be around arrogance like that is such a negative um because similar people don't attract each other that's why probably (laughs) that's why i definitely don't think i'm arrogant (laughs) (laughs) whatever i probably need to work on gaining some confidence actually but um anyways so um so you were saying so yeah i was saying uh, just coming it could come from an underlying need to always know where you are and what you're doing and you know that's not exactly a good feeling as time time goes on well but, also because i mean uh, your partner doesn't have to be your father or your mother so right you're an independent kind, individual exactly that kind of uh, um, uh, supervision uh, i mean it, it seems to be too much for right. a, couple, a couple from two independent individuals to adults. Absolutely. So my point is to um, be aware. Uh, it's important to assess the behavior, temperament of a prospective partner and suitability of that potential partner. Because again, something that may not seem bothersome initially while you are in that infatuated uh, beginning space of the relationship can become burdensome and unwanted by you in the long run. So bottom line is to be aware and not write off behaviors that could be signs of dangerous traits. By giving people time to show you who they really are, you will be able to see what you need to know to determine suitability for you. You can potentially avoid issues, heartbreak, and a bad situation that may be preventable if you proceed with caution when you see some of the behaviors that we described above. Yeah, and uh, our uh, weekly couples uh, challenge this week will encourage 
compassion, understanding, and support within your relationship. Uh, one of the most helpful things uh, you can do to become more compassionate, more understanding, more supportive, and more empathic is to validate your partner's feelings. But this is in both in you know in both case like um, is for both. Right. It's not uh, unidirectional. Oh, absolutely, right? You know, um, it's not just, you know, man to woman. It's definitely, you know, if you were to come home and, you know, say that you were having a stressful situation, whether it's with a friend or work, um, I need to listen and, you know, understand, let you know I hear you and understand. I think we were having a discussion tonight that um, about something that I came home discussing with you and I could tell that you didn't completely agree with what I was saying. Um, but you didn't say that you listened, you heard me. And then when I further, you know, pried a little bit and said, well, wait a minute, what do you, what are you thinking? Because I asked that opened the door for you to, to express that. And, um, there's a way to express that, right? You know, so that you're not being judgmental or critical, but you're saying, hey, what about, you know, um, did you consider this? Open, open a bottle of wine and relax and discuss about, right? Well, you know, I think it's mm-hmm. interesting to be with somebody who is confident enough to um, be able to, I don't want to say call you out in a negative way, but be able to present things to you that you may not have considered and you being open enough, open enough to hear them and not take it as criticism, but hey, wait a minute, that's a possibility. And maybe, just maybe, uh, you have a point. Yeah, I don't remember our conversation, but yeah, yes, you I, do. I, I can't, I, I agree with you. That's for sure. Yes, you do. Anyway, but um, talking about our weekly uh, couples challenge, uh, so you guys can go to our website to see all the weekly challenges uh, that are listed um, on the couples uh, weekly challenge page included tonight. Yes, yeah, so for your challenge this week, um, I want you to encourage your partner to share his or her feelings with you about big things and little everyday things. When your partner shares feelings with you, value what he or she shares without offering solutions or unsolicited advice. Of course, if they um, open that door and ask you for your advice, that's great. Um, Then go ahead and give it, but again, in a um, non-critical way or judgmental way. I really want you to listen and let your partner know that you are hearing and understanding what she, what he or she is feeling um, in order to validate his or her feelings. Um, I want you to also, you know, let me know if you have questions about this. I, like I said, like Max said, it's on my um, website, www.thelettererlovestory.com um, with all of the other challenges as well. If at any point in time you have questions or aren't sure what I mean um, for you to do, please just send me an email and I'll be happy to, to uh, uh, take the time to explain it. So, you know, I really want these things to help you um, and make sure that um, you understand exactly what I'm meaning. Um, and, and I also want your feedback. You know, how did, how are the things working for you? Um, what, you know, where did you start and where are you um, heading? And, you know, if, if you feel like... Um, 
anything that we're talking about it has specifically helped helped you any other thoughts max well uh i guess uh, no what do you think i mean like we cover um all those uh the topics try to advise uh the audience how to you know uh try to um um face issues, mental issues in a relationship. It can be very tough, right? So, I mean, by no means do we um, think that the things that we talked about tonight are simple or easy, um, but it's definitely a place to start in realizing that um, there are many, many people who are experiencing similar things. And, you know, that's helpful to know you're not out there on an island by yourself. Um, it's definitely not uncommon, like we said, um, with the statistics and what they show. But we can also see, you know, even without the statistics, you can just see it. I mean, everyone knows somebody who is experiencing, um, you know, depression, anxiety, or some sort of uh, mental health issue. So. And the bottom line is that the message is ask for help. There are people that can help you. Um, there are experts that uh, at least can, first of all, listen to you, um, evaluate all the situation, uh, alleviate, you know, uh, at least um, symptoms and, uh, and try to um, make you feel a little better. Right. One of the things that um, I experience with people not wanting to uh, take medication um, for what you know, they they just have a, a predisposition not to want to do that. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, my point to them is, why not try it? If you don't feel better in thirty or sixty days, then you really haven't lost anything. Um, you've tried it; it doesn't work. But what if it does help? What if it actually does help? And you know, I I think you know one of my you know last thoughts I want to say tonight is. Um, in my opinion, uh, one day um, is too long to spend, you know, feeling depressed or anxious, especially when um, there's, you know, somebody, you know, one more day, I should say, is um, too much to spend, um, especially when there's assistance for you. And it's just, you know, really allowing yourself to say, hey, I am going to um, seek that. Yeah. And I really don't even like, you know, saying help, but, you know, I get, you know, call it that whatever, of but course. it's just reaching out and getting what you need, you know, really thinking of it in that way. And it's not easy because, I mean, you know, people experience depression, anxiety, you know, for a long, long time. It can be like also they, the Linus shit, right? A little something that where they, they know, so they find comfort right it is comfortable you know know how it feels to be that way but But you don't quite know how it feels if you are in a relationship of course can be quite disruptive absolutely well thank you all for joining us tonight for coupled up the relationship show where you can ask your toughest relationship questions to get answers and options that will make a difference in your relationship Next week, we will be discussing setting goals as a couple. You will see how setting goals together creates a common ground and gives you forward movement as a couple. Don't forget to try the Couples Weekly Challenge this week and get closer to your partner. We want to hear from you. If you and your partner would like to be guests on one of our upcoming shows, email us and we will get back to you. 
You can also send your questions or call into chat. Keep in mind, if your goal is to be close to your partner, everything that you do and say should be with that goal in mind. Thanks for listening to us tonight. Thanks for listening. Have a good night. Thank you for being a part of our program. Remember, Coupled Up with Karen Collins Achetti and Max Achetti can be heard live every Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until our next show, don't forget to find at least one thing you can do to strengthen your relationship this week. 